This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. I'm your host, Elena Yanaki, bringing you the news. First, the headlines. Snow, sleet, blizzard and low temperatures have been reported all across Romania. Circulation has been resumed at the Romanian customs on the border with Ukraine after being blocked by farmers and transporters. And Romania exported this morning almost 1,400 megawatts, mainly due to record production of wind energy. Romania has been in the grip of bad weather since Friday afternoon, which has mostly affected counties in the center, north, northeast and south of the country. Road traffic was temporarily blocked on certain segments due to the layer of snow and ice formed on the road. Railway traffic unfolds in winter conditions due to strong wind, snow, blizzard and low temperatures. Train speed has been reduced in certain areas. As regards air traffic on Bucharest airports, no disruptions have been reported. The Bucharest airport's national company has announced that aircraft land and take off safely and no flights are cancelled due to bad weather. Some flights may, however, experience delays due to de-icing operations, which are usually carried out after passengers have boarded. Romanian Justice Minister Alina Gorghiu said last week that 17 fugitives from Ireland, Italy, France, Austria, Germany, Poland and Britain were brought to the country. She reminded in a Facebook post that in 2021 the state spent over 1.9 million euros to bring back fugitives from abroad, in 2022 over 1.7 million euros while last year the amount rose to over 2 million euros. Alina Gorghiu also said that a draft law was put up for public debate on the ministry's website a few days ago, according to which fugitives will pay the cost of their repatriation to Romania, where they must serve their sentence. Traffic unfolds under normal conditions in both directions at the Sirat Customs in the north of Romania, the protest of Romanian farmers and transporters in the area, dissatisfied with a drop in grain prices caused by imports from Ukraine, had temporarily blocked road traffic on the European road E85, approximately two kilometers from the Siret Customs. Protests were also held at the Halmeo Customs. In Bucharest, the General City Hall issued an authorization for a protest to be held on Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. On Thursday, the Bucharest government 
passed the first package of measures to support transporters and farmers. In Brussels, the European Commission is working on measures to respond to the problems caused by the export of cheap Ukrainian grain to the states bordering Ukraine, such as Romania, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary and Bulgaria. The Commission representatives confirmed that they received a letter from the five countries, one of the requests being the introduction of import taxes on Ukrainian grain, which is cheaper and currently does not have to meet the quality standards, such as the grain produced in the European Union. A code orange alert for severe weather is in place in Bulgaria, the entire territory of that country being affected by strong wind and heavy precipitation in the form of snow. The Romanian Foreign Ministry recommends citizens to monitor the situation of flights from Bulgarian airports, while those traveling by car should have their vehicles equipped for winter. During weather alert codes, some roads may be closed to road traffic and the flight scheduled may suffer disruptions. Romania has exported this morning almost 1,400 megawatts, mainly due to the record wind energy production of over 2,000 megawatts. The national production of electricity was 8,900 megawatts, while the consumption was 7,500, the national company Transelectrica has announced. And that was the news. Dear friends, the Radio Romania Board of Administrators decided to temporarily suspend the use of two out of the five Radiocom shortwave transmitters that ensure the broadcast of Radio Romania International's programs because of budget cuts. The RRI programs in English are affected. All of them may be received on only one frequency instead of two as of August the 1st. The frequencies, as well as any other prospective changes operated by Radiocom for to reception monitoring and to your feedback on reception quality will be announced in our broadcasts on our webpage and on Facebook. We invite you to follow RRI's programs online at rri.ro, including On Demand, on SoundCloud, on Android and iOS apps, via TuneIn and via Satellite. You can find more details on our homepage. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn and Spotify. Coming up next, The Week in Review. Hello and welcome to this review of the main events of the week. I am Galin Kotsoyu. The Bucharest government adopted measures that solve some of the problems of farmers and transporters who have been protesting for more than a week, causing traffic disruptions in the vicinity of some large cities, including the capital, and blockages at border crossing points with Ukraine. The list of demands with which the protesters went to the talks with the governors is a long one, the common denominator of the grievances being the high cost of diesel, insurance rates, but also the pressures on the domestic market generated by imported Ukrainian agricultural products. The protesters demanded, among other things, 
a moratorium on loan repayments, faster subsidy payments, and separate lanes at border crossings at the Black Sea port of Constanza for European Union and non-European Union trucks, respectively, including from Ukraine. Following the discussions, aspects related to the weighing of trucks, the periodical technical inspection of vehicles, and the professional attestation of drivers were regulated further. There is also progress regarding the new rules for RCA insurance policies, with the Financial Supervisory Authority announcing that it is considering several measures aimed at reducing the financial effort for the mandatory insurance of cargo vehicles. In the farming field, it was about financial aid and changes in the rules regarding the use of machinery. The measures include compensation of 100 euros per hectare, up to 280,000 euros to be more precise, to be given out to farmers for losses suffered due to the war in Ukraine. The executive also analyzed the proposal to temporarily postpone the payment of installments on the loans of agricultural producers affected by the drought of 2023. The protests of farmers from all over Europe were on Wednesday also on the agenda of members of the European Parliament gathered in Strasbourg. They asked for additional financial sources from the European Commission and a new common agricultural policy. This week, family physicians and those from specialized outpatient clinics throughout the country protested to show that they do not want payments to be reduced for the reimbursement of medical services as proposed by the authorities in the new framework contract. At Thursday's negotiations with the representatives of the National Health Insurance House, it was decided that the current budget provided for them will be maintained until June the 30th, 2024, and that by then solutions will be identified for supplementing the funds so that the money will be sufficient until the end of the year. The protesters claim that if starting July the 1st solutions are not found for the proper financing of the health insurance system, this system will no longer exist. There will be no more contracts for either family medicine or specialized outpatient clinics. The authorities are also discussing raising the salaries of personnel in the health system under the threat of a strike launched by the Sanitas Federation, the largest union in the healthcare system. The Pfizer company sued Romania to force the government to pay for tens of millions of vaccine doses contracted during the pandemic. Minister Alexandru Rafila says that the complaint was registered at a court in Brussels and concerns a contract violated by the state through which the government requested tens of millions of doses of the anti-COVID vaccine, then refusing to receive and pay for them. 
The Minister of Health explained that, in the context of low interest in vaccination, Romania had nowhere to store and then get rid of such a large amount of vaccines. He also stated for Radio Romania that he expected Pfizer's action, considering that the same thing happened in the case of two other European states, Hungary and Poland. These countries did not agree to sign the amendments proposed by the pharmaceutical company. In the case of the anti-COVID vaccine doses at the end of last year, the anti-corruption directorate started a criminal investigation against former Prime Minister Florin Kutsu, former ministers of health Vlad Voiculescu and Ioana Mihaila, as well as former undersecretary in the Ministry of Health Andrei Bacu. They are accused of abusive office and complicity in abusive office because they allegedly ordered much larger quantities of vaccine than needed. The prosecutors calculated that damages to the budget are estimated to amount to over 1 billion euros. You have been listening to The Week in Review. Time now for Hit of the Day on Radio Romania International. You're invited to listen to Mario Fresh and his most recent hit, So What? Shichadaka in Romanian. Ce 
You are listening to Radio Romania International. World of Culture. Welcome to World of Culture. I'm Mihaila Ignatescu. The National Radiophonic Theatre has launched on www.etheatro.ro a new collection of radio performances, compiled on the occasion of the 95th anniversary of Radio Romania on November 1st. The collection includes the best radio productions of all times, based on important texts of national and universal dramaturgy. The performances bear remarkable directorial signatures and are performed by important Romanian actors who have permanently collaborated with the National Radiophonic Theatre. Radio Romania 95 Collectible Performances brings together on the website representative titles from eight decades of theatre radio, starting from the 50s of the last century. The oldest show preserved on tape was made in 1951, Haji Tudose by Barbu Ștefănescu de la Vrancea, directed by Ion Shahigian, with Nicolae Boltățeanu in the leading role. Here is Atila Vizauer, editor-in-chief of the National Radiophonic Theatre. This play is in the new collection we're offering radio theatre listeners. Recordings are grouped chronologically, and they belong to eight decades of radio theatre. We start with the 50s, years in which important actors of the Romanian theatre were at the radio microphone and gave outstanding performances. One of the greatest actors of that time was Radu Beligan, who had a close connection with the radio theatre until the end of his life. I remember that he was in his 90s and he still came to the studios of the Radiophonic Theatre to perform roles in the shows we produced. And because we are talking about those extraordinary generations who left their mark on our culture, I would also mention Sika Alexandrescu, a famous director of the 50s, who together with actors like Alexandru Giugaru, Grigore Vasiliu Birlik and many others gave memorable performances. The collection continues with the 60s and 70s, decades that also enjoyed formidable generations of actors. There are also the years when the great director Liviu Ciulei staged great performances, which were then taken over by the radio theatre. I'm thinking, for example, of As You Like It by William Shakespeare, an extraordinary show of the 60s, which benefits from the radio adaptation of Mihai Zira, a great radio theatre director. The cast includes, among others, the great Victor Rebenjuk and Claudie Bertola. It's a collection of performances that are worth listening to because they have tremendous theatrical value. Another collection recently launched by the National Radiophonic Theatre is Radio Romania 95, 95 years of radio, 95 years of literature, radio adaptations of world literature. The new collection of radio performances launched at the Gaudamus Book Fair includes sound transpositions of famous titles from national and universal literature. 
the radio productions based on Romanian and foreign books published in the last 95 years are grouped in links dedicated to the 30s, 40s, 50s. Attila Vizauer has more. We wanted to be present in the extraordinary space of the Gaudamus Fair with a radio theatre collection dedicated to books, literary masterpieces created over the years. Anyone interested in listening to the radio versions of the great Romanian literary works, but also universal ones, can access this collection that was launched with the opening of the Gaudamus Book Fair. Radio Romania 95, 90 years of radio, 95 years of literature, radio adaptations of world literature. If you are interested in discovering a radio version of the famous novel Madame Bovary by Gustave Flaubert, you can find it on www.eteatro.ro. In the same collection, there are adaptations of the works of Lucian Blaga or Camil Petrescu, to give just a few examples. There are shows that the radio theatre can offer because it has a very rich sound library and has a selection of important titles, masterpieces of Romanian and universal literature. That's all from World of Culture. I now leave you in the company of good Romanian music with Maria Gheorghiu and her hit Rainbow. Radio Romania International Encyclopedia. Welcome, I'm Ana Maria Popescu. The history of Romanian literature has a special place for Tudor Arghezi. Born Ionae Teodorescu and using the pen name Tudor Arghezi, the 20th century writer approached all literary genres, from poetry to short stories, novels, theatre and journalism, although he excelled in poetry. He was also passionate about painting and drawing. 
Argezi was born in 1880 in Bucharest and died in 1967 in the Romanian capital city. He made his debut in 1896, and in his early years he was close to symbolism and the Vienna Secession movement. As a young artist, he became friends with the journalist and priest Gala Galaktion and the left-wing writer Vasile Demetrius. During the 1907 uprising, he stood up for the oppressed peasantry and became close to the socialist-leaning writer and journalist Andy Kocha. But during the same period, he also wrote art criticism articles and he became close to liberal-leaning personalities, such as Eugen Lovinescu and Dion Minulescu, as well as to art collectors like Rikor Zambakcian and Alexandru Bogdan Pitesht. During the Great War, he expressed pro-German views in the Bucharest Gazette, put out by the German occupation authorities between 1916 and 1918. At the end of the war, he was sentenced to five years in prison for collaborationism, but he was pardoned by the king after only serving one year. After the war, he worked extensively as a journalist and a writer. In 1928, he became the director of a literary publication called Bilete de Papagal, which ran in four series. In 1928-1929, in June-October 1930, in 1937-1938, and in 1944-1945, with well-known Romanian poets like Odilia Casimir, George Topercianu, Felix Aderca and Urmuz, seeing their works published in it. In the interwar period, Tudor Argezi wrote children's literature, and during World War II in 1943, because of a parody targeting the German ambassador to Bucharest, he was arrested for a year. The Radio Romania archive preserves an audio recording of Tudor Argezi reading his 1931 poem Flor de Mucigai, Flowers of Mildew which dwells on his prison time. Flor de Mucigai Le-am scris cu unghia pe tencuială Flowers of mildew, I carved them with my nail in concrete, written on an empty, blocked-out wall, in darkness, alone, left to struggle, aided not by the bull, the lion, nor the eagle that blessed Luke, Mark, and John. After the war, Argezi's work was banned during 1948 and 1952 by the communist censorship. But thanks to Mihai Rala, a cultural personality who had joined the ranks of the communist nomenclatura, his name was cleared and he took full advantage of his new position. He wrote poetry acceptable to the regime and saw his 80th anniversary celebrated by the Academy of the People's Republic of Romania in 1960. On that occasion, Argezi gave a speech exuding false modesty, duplicity and self-victimization, in which he made a point of slandering pre-war democratic Romania. 
Although in the socialist era my writing enjoys almost undeserved appreciation, a recital for me is overwhelming. It was my fate to experience the great chasm between two ages, both for literature and for my insignificant self. What was in the old times a writer, a composer, a painter or an actor? A lesser or a bigger shame, depending on the family in which they had been born. Personally, over the years I had to fight during my creative years against all the related cultural authorities. The academia, the academy, poetry, prose, print media, the police, the judiciary, the censorship, the gendarmes and even my fellow writers. I was isolated with my pen and my notebooks on an ice block as large as the country. I was ridiculed, spitted, insulted. The only right and the only duty of a writer were to die on a mat in hospital or in a mental institution. Save for some patriotic poems sung in the army and in primary school and written by Alexandri, and for the works of Carmen Silva with the royal atmosphere, anyone else was irrelevant, almost loathsome. Tudor Arghese's home on Mertzi Shore Street in Bucharest is now a museum, preserving the poet's legacy. And that was Radio Romania International's Encyclopedia. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Hello and welcome to our traditional music offering. I am Kalinko Tsoyu and for today we will be featuring a special interpreter hailing from the center of Transylvania in Cluj County. She will be celebrating her birthday this month on the 23rd of January when she was born in 1956. Let's listen to her with a dance song to begin with.
At quite a young age, in 1974, Irina Someshan became a main soloist of the Doina Ensemble of the Armed Forces. It is a position she holds to this day. And next, we will listen to a song sung by her, a love song. Irina learned her first songs from her father and brothers, but she then started going around neighboring villages and listening to the old-timers. She made her first recordings at the radio publishing house in 1976 and continued to sing with amateur ensembles. Here she is with yet another dance song. Și să vestiți de la Cluj venit 
am cătrințe noi Pusute la clacă, bădița când mă vedea să mă placă Jocul pornește, nu se mai oprește, că stă și soarele loc de mil privește. Să știe cât de drag îmi ești tu mie Că toamnă îi vestim la cononie Lumea ca să știe cât de drag îmi ești tu mie Că toamnă îi vestim la cononie Irina Someșan, in addition to making many recordings, has also been touring the country and the world extensively. So let's wrap up this edition with one of her Nostalgic songs. Thank you. 
Că stau și mă gândesc, măi Nu par rău dacă iubesc, dacă iubesc Că doar dragostea curată O fi pentru viața toată, viața toată Living Romania Coming up next on Radio Romania International In the Spotlight Hello and welcome everyone to a new edition in our series. I am Vlad Balgu. Starting January the 1st, Belgium took over the rotating presidency of the Council of the European Union. In a launch event hosted last month in Brussels, the Belgian Prime Minister Alexander de Croo talked about the broader context of his country taking over the rotating presidency of the EU. We will be at the helm of European Union for, for six months. It is a true, true honour to be in that situation. We know that it is also a responsibility. A responsibility to deliver, a responsibility to deliver to the concerns and the interests of all EU citizens. No one will deny that these are challenging times. And the evolution of the European Union has, has never been a straight line. But it is often in the most challenging times that the greatest steps forward have been made. Today, we could not imagine a life without the euro, without the single market, without the free movement of people, without the Lisbon Treaty. Today, we live, we pay, we connect, we study, we conduct business in 27 countries as it actually were only one country. But the past years have been a rude awakening. We have a horrific war on the European continent. We have a terrible war happening in the Middle East. And if we look at the atrocities that human beings inflict on each other, we could only be in a situation where we know that we have a responsibility to play. We will continue to emphasize the values of dignity. We will continue to plead for the respect of human rights. Over the past years, the pandemic and the economic crisis and the, the energy crisis have really tested the Union. But I think we showed that if the Union is truly a Union, being unified, that we can deliver for our citizens. But we also understand that today our citizens are looking for certainty. Our citizens are looking for perspective. And for that certainty and for that perspective, they are looking at the European Union. Up to us to respond to that very legitimate expectation of certainty and of perspective. And that really has been the guiding elements of the uh, agenda for our presidency. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Protect, strengthen, prepare. This was the chosen slogan with which Belgium will hold the presidency of the Council of the European Union for six months from January the 1st, 2024. It concisely and powerfully encapsulates the six key themes of this 30th mandate. 
protect, this term strongly resonates with the protection of citizens and borders, underscoring the Presidency's commitment to ensuring the security and well-being of Europeans. It also encompasses the defense of democratic values, the rule of law and unity, including support for Ukraine, reflecting the first theme. It also suggests strengthening the social and health agenda. When it comes to strengthen, the word echoes the enhancement of the EU's competitiveness on the global stage. It emphasizes the importance of consolidating European unity and solidarity to face internal and external challenges. This includes a just and equitable transition, ensuring that sustainable development and environmental policies are approached with a forward-looking vision. Finally, prepare refers to the preparation for the upcoming expansions of the EU and the anticipation of future challenges. This term highlights the importance of anticipation and strategic planning in all areas of EU action. It also refers to the need for internal reform of the Union to preserve its future capacity for action. In her intervention during the launch event, the Belgian Minister of Foreign Affairs, Hadja Labib, discussed about the upcoming European Parliament election as an opportunity to meet expectations and overcome present challenges. I think it's more about the expectations of young citizens. It means also that Europe matters to them, that they have high hopes for our Europe. And it is our duty to answer. It is, in fact, rather reassuring that these expectations indeed are perfectly aligned with the founding principles of the European Union as a project of peace and prosperity. The European Union must more than ever fulfill this role and strengthen its uh, cornerstone. We will have to, to build a Europe uh, where we work together to protect our security, to protect our citizens, our values and our economy. A Europe ready to face future challenges, geopolitical, environmental and demographic. That's why we adopt the motto protect, strengthen and prepare. It is in this spirit that we are going to work in the next uh, six months. With the war in Ukraine still posing major challenges to Europe's energy and food security, many are still wondering to what extent the Belgian presidency will focus on continuing to deliver assistance to Ukraine. What I see is that the support for Ukraine is there. And yes, there is a summit next week where spectators say it's going to be a tense summit. But we've had summits like that before. And as a European Union, in difficult times, and I've seen this just the last three years uh, on, the, on the first row, we, we've never failed. And the support for Ukraine will be unwavering, uh, will be continued on many dimensions on the military support, on the financial support. We know that the European Commission is, is coming with a recommendation on the enlargement process with a clear recommendation on Ukraine and Moldova and on other, uh, on other countries. To me, that's the direction that we should follow. And we are all working on building that unity throughout European countries. And I think what all of us should understand is that it's, uh, it's a daily endeavor. And it's, um, it's an assignment not only to us politicians, that's an assignment to all of us, to understand that democracy is definitely not the easiest route. And democracy functions on the fact that there are different opinions, and that different opinions can collide one with another, but in respect and only in words. 
And different opinions, it's what drives innovation and it's what drives progress. And I think we need to explain that better. Some people try to say that in difficult times, things are easier if we think all alike and if we are only surrounded with people with the same ideas. And I think it's exactly the opposite. The fact that we are, and I think in some of the little clips, what you saw is that someone, I think the Australian said, Europe is a place where everyone can be who they want to be. I think that's really what we are. And protecting diversity and protecting minorities, I think, is one, one of the things that Europe, the European Union has done extremely well, and I think we don't, we don't say it often, uh, often enough. We support the aspirations of, uh, of Ukraine. Our support will continue on many dimensions, and we really applaud all the incredible reforms that have taken place in Ukraine and also in, in, in Moldova over the past months in extremely difficult uh, circumstances. The Belgian presidency of the European Union Council was also launched in Bucharest this week in an event hosted by the European Commission representation in the capital city. And that's all for today's programme. From me, Vlad Palku, for now it's goodbye. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome to Simply Folk with me, Eugen Nasta. You're invited to listen to Maria Dan Pouchan, a traditional music vocalist from Alba Iulia in central Romania, performing one of the most beautiful songs in her repertoire. Jungle 
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next programme for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 11630 kHz in the DRM system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programmes tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 21470 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at rri.ro. Goodbye.